All right, here we go. It is Hotaholics time coming to you from the Rove Hotel downtown. None other than Glenn Power sitting in front of me, which means PowerWorks is what we're talking about. PowerWorks as in cars. Gotta love it. This is our first podcast in months that we're actually sitting in the same room. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty impressive, I think. It's cool. <laughs> and we're coming to you from the Rove podcast room, which... By the time we're hearing this podcast, I think it's going to have been announced, but it's pretty much under wraps at this point. Yeah, it's looking good though. And, and I think it's kind of our podcast room, really. <laughs> so far. Yeah, we, we're we breaking it in, so to speak. Yeah. Oh, great to see you in the flesh, by the way. And and uh, truth be told, as we're recording this, the hotel is kind of closed still. So yeah. you did drive up and drive out. I costed. <laughs> well, yeah, but you, you, you played a trick on me by... Telling me that Andrew was coming at nine. Yeah. And then I got here and there's no Tahoe and no Wrangler. Yeah. So I was like, ah, oh, there are 58,000 other Rove hotels in Dubai, maybe. You're I'm trying to figure out one. which. <laughs> so hold on. I want to, before we, we get going, Andrew, and, and I'm, I'm sure he's not going to be upset that we speak about this, but he brought the Tahoe into you for a little uh, TLC. Yeah. What's going on with the Tahoe? Because he's, he's got a nice, he's got a vintage one, doesn't he? He's getting to towards being a vintage <laughs> one, yeah. I suppose you could call it that, actually. It's um, it's good. It's, it's Andrew. He's busy. Yeah, we, we we know he's busy, and he, he you know he's, he's to and from meetings and home to the office, back to home, and you know yeah. it's it's one of those where Andrew will probably say the same thing. It's nah, just breakdown maintenance. Yeah. So it got got a bit of a warning light on there. It was getting a little bit hot. So oh. changed my oil. So uh, he brought. He, he sent me a sent me a message and called me. I, I missed the call. Can't remember what I was doing. And I called him back, and he said, "Yeah, I think I need to bring it in." So he brought it in the following day, and it wasn't bad. We just put oh, five good. liters of water in it and <laughs> changed the oil on the engine. Hold on, and hold, on hold on. <laughs> it was right. down five liters of coolant. That's exactly right. <sighs> yep. Yeah. Okay. That's yeah. Good thing you brought it in. Uh, the, yeah. the, the warning light would come on at that point because how many liters does it hold? Uh, well, it's probably going to hold about eight. Yeah. Okay. Maybe nine. Yeah. So he's down by over half. Yeah. You know, this is this is something that you know I drive an old vehicle. A lot of folks drive in old vehicles or older vehicles. A lot of folks holding on to things. Coolant is my pet peeve. I'm always checking coolant, and I won't let anyone put anything but. Prestone or or one of those forms of coolant into the coolant tank. Yeah, and I'm I'm paranoid of being out driving somewhere between here and there in the desert, and and getting that warning light come on that says, "Oh, your coolant's low." So I check that every day. I mean, that's my my standard go to: check the oil, check the coolant. If there's a level issue, get it sorted instantly. Yeah, one of the things that we always try to say to people is you know if, if you do if you do get a coolant warning if it's a low level or if it's whatever it is just don't do anything to the engines yeah cold and then, and, and if you're driving while it happens just pull over as soon as you can as safely as you can uh, a lot of the people you know there's petrol stations everywhere for whatever reason they're not always the easiest things to get into here but you know <laughs> that's the whole the whole podcast on how to position petrol stations over here but there are people there will that will help you in a in a safe in a safe way basically and I, and i think 
you just have to you just have to be confident yeah. if somebody can show you the first time then you know you can you can confidently check it yourself the second time third time don't try and do something that you've never perhaps done before or you're unsure of and and definitely don't ever do anything on an engine when it's hot. You're just gonna ask for trouble doing that. Well, this is this is one I wanna I wanna fire back at you because, and this is one I see all the time, and it absolutely is mind boggling. So it's the typical one. And my brother and I, that's Joey Woo Woo. <laughs> my brother and I, Joey Woo Woo, always have we've we, since he was a mechanic at uh, Bruce Bissell Pontiac Buick in Ajax, Ontario. That's where he cut his teeth. And I used to always laugh with him because he's the mechanically inclined, I'm not. And what's the, what's do you have at all these dealerships as you drive by? And maybe it's a North American thing. Maybe it's not something in Europe, but you always have the hood open, the bonnet open yep. so you can see the engine. And I used to always laugh at him and I say, you know, people, and you see all the guys stand there looking in and what are they saying? Mighty fine looking manifold, man. Oh, <laughs> look at that manifold. Cause you have no idea what you're looking at. Right. But it's, yeah. everyone's looking in. So Fast forward to the coolant issue that we're facing. And, and and look, hey, I was driving yesterday. Thermometer on my car says 52 degrees yeah, centigrade. Yeah, yesterday. I got a 50 degrees photograph to send home. And, I'm just, <laughs> and so someone's inevitably got a car that's overheated. So first thing you do is you see... And, and we're talking about external ambient temperature, by the way, to yeah. anyone that's not here. Yeah. And so you're driving and your eye, for whatever reason, starts to hit the temperature gauge and as soon as I see mine going above anywhere above halfway I know that I've got a big issue because it never goes above half so if it's, it's as it starts climbing there's a problem but as soon as you see that you got to pull over and so then you get the guys who don't pull over and I, I say it's guys because it seems to me most of the I never see women at the side of the road looking under the hood I only see the guys yeah so I'm thinking the women are smart enough to know to pull over to get into a garage to do something because I never see them at the side of the road Calm of head, calm of minds, right? Clearly. Yeah. Then you got the guys who've got the hood open. And what did I see the other day? I see some guy with a rag and he's trying to take the radiator cap off. And Excellent I'm, idea. I'm just going, why? What, your car's idea. overheated. That means the water, the liquid, whatever you've got in your rad, and, and probably it's just water, is at some ridiculous temperature. You're going to take it off take off your pressure sealed radiator cap and you're going to have a geyser of hot water and you're going to get burned. Yeah. Coming to uh, PowerWorks and speak to speak to our driver, Rias. He did the exact same thing on a Ford Monday or about six years ago when I was at AAA. Oh, no. And uh, he was told that the level needed checking on the car Uh-oh. before he used it and it had just been driven as it having not supposed to have been driven. And like you say, it's 50 degrees outside. You don't necessarily know that the engine's that hot. And this one was sort of compounded by the fact that the head gasket had failed on it. So the oh. pressure was right in there and he opened the cap and it, it's, he's got a huge scar on the full length of his forearm where it just melted his skin off. Oh man, that's brutal. Yeah. Truly yeah. brutal. Yeah, and there's no, it's not like, there's nothing you can do. It happens quick. There's no, there's no sort of being quick enough to, yeah. to get out of the way. It's not like taking an oil sump, uh, drain plug out and just quickly moving your hand out of the way, and you're not going to get oil on your hand. So it just does, just doesn't work. Well, it's and, gonna happen too and there's quick. the pure shock. I'm yeah. sure that he had that shock as soon as it started spraying on him. He's like, "What do I do?" Like you're in shock as, and by the time you move away, it's too late. Yeah, it's it's way too late. And and the problem, the the real issue is here that if you 
it's not even clean water that's no. tearing your skin off. Yes, it's, yes. It's, it's, there's, there's chemicals, normally like an ethylene glycol-based coolant, or there's, there's rust from the engine invariably, and, and worse if it's really overheated and you've ended up with oil and water mixing, you could have oil in there as well. So you just it, it isn't worth the risk. I mean, I know if you're at the side of the road in July and August and it's, it's 50 degrees outside and you'd rather sit in there with the engine running, that's fine. But you can't do that, so you think, oh, I'll just get some water in there and, and, and limp it home. You're much better off calling a recovery. Yeah. Definitely just call the recovery truck. Don't consider 30 minutes of having to be uncomfortable and sweating a problem because you'll be longer waiting for somebody to take you to the emergency room because you've basically scalded yourself. I mean, they're serious, serious burns, and, and the, the water isn't just going to evaporate because like I said it's got chemicals in it that's yeah. going to stick to your skin yeah, yeah. Um, hairs on your arms or invariably it's your, your, your arms or your hands and uh, if you seriously want a scar go for it but I personally don't recommend it I've, I've burnt I've burnt my hand grabbing hold of a cat before but I've never taken one off it's one of those sort of Mechanics 101. <laughs> it's like day one. Well, and you spend so much time under a vehicle anyway. It's hot. Like you've got exhaust yeah, systems good, that are yeah. hot. You've got oil pans. I mean, how long does it take an oil pan to cool down anyway now? It's yeah, like, so I was uh, swearing at a, a, a Mini. I had to do a service on a Mini a couple of days ago. It was like 5.30. The car needed to go. So, okay, I'll do it. It'll take me 20 minutes. And then I got under there and... Who puts a vertical drain plug in a sump? <laughs> Who does that? Every sensible vehicle that's designed has the drain plug yeah. at a slight angle side on. Yeah. So yeah. at least you can undo it, get it to the point, and then yeah. out the way of the oil. No, not this one. What year mini was this? This is an old one. 2010, old one? I think. Oh, it's, it's new. It's, it's new. relatively new. Ten years old. So, yeah, that was that, and, and it, was a, it was an Allen key, so I couldn't what? even get on with the spanner. So I had to be. Who, I was right put, in the middle of it. Who puts an Allen key on <laughs> an oil plug? The person that did it. Well, I'd like to. I'd like to meet them and be like to meet locked, that designer in a room with them for thirty minutes. <laughs> let them know what I think. But no, I was. Uh, I was. Yeah, let's say none too happy at five thirty that I was now from my fingertips to my elbow covered in quite hot, dirty engine oil. And my tools needed cleaning. It was just a mess. Yeah. It was a real mess. I, I just, you know, these are the things that annoy us. We've, we've talked about it before. I, I don't know design that. It's but an absolute joke. This is, this is my thing with, with modern cars. And call me naive, but if I'm designing a car... Yeah. somewhere in the design process, there has to be a mechanic who's going to work on it. So I know that they're putting it together in a factory. Yeah. I know that they're putting it together in a way that is easy to assemble and there's a nice order, but somebody has got to be thinking, okay, hold on a second. This vehicle will break down. This vehicle will last more than the warranty, longer than the warranty. Is it going to be serviceable and are we doing this in an easy way? And I'm thinking this is the big breakdown in the design process is they need to go talk to the folks at IDEO. They need to go talk to the Kelly brothers and, and say, Hey guys, we got to redo this. And I, and I would hope that Mr. Musk with the Tesla, he's done that, but I don't know because I've never talked to anyone who f works on a Tesla, but 
what a, what a, what a stupid idea. And I'm just going to say the mini guys, an Allen key and a vertical oil yeah. plug. Yeah. Like you that's expect, the dumbest idea I've ex, ever heard in my you life. You expect it on transmissions and things where there's a where there's a, a level tube inside, so yeah. the drain plug comes out, and the only thing that's coming out of there is any oil that's excess to the level yeah, required. Yeah. But an engine sump. Yeah. Ah, oh, I was fuming, <laughs> fuming. And then then Ben, one of my colleagues there, he's just laughing at me. Of course, makes it a lot better. Yeah, a lot lot better. So yeah. So so do you, do you physically need to wear PPE, personal protective equipment, when you take something off? Like have your big barbecue glove on or something? So well, this is the thing. So the the engine was it probably been sat for about maybe twenty minutes. So oh, it was still right. hot. Yeah, yeah that's going to be boiling. There's, the, you know, there's not much. You know, but it, the vehicle needs to go. What do you do? So you just you know you wear your normal rubber gloves. The, the problem you've got is it's still going to run down your arm. Yeah. And I say it was it was dripping off my elbow and 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 then. You, there's absolutely nothing you could do. That the only thing that you could potentially try and do there is use a ratchet with a bit on the end, and and the problem with that is on the mini there was no room to actually turn it. There's just no space it was catching. So you, you, it's just an absolute shocking design. And like you've just said, engineers being involved in in designing and putting together these vehicles, it happens. I just think that I, I we've said it before. There must be. People just shaking the head at every single meeting. I was thinking that's not good. That's I'm, not. I'm good. looking at the temperature. The call. The the quality conventional motor oil tolerates oil sump temperatures of up to 250 degrees. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you if you try and take. I mean, degrees. the thing is, the thing is, the sort of let's say the kind of accepted I'm practice like, of, of draining oil is to do it while it's hot. You get yeah, all the yeah. you get everything out. You get as more because it's thinner. And you're getting as much of it out as you can, um, so it's better to do it while it's hot or warm. And you can wear gloves, like I say. Wait, but it's t- still typical oil in a car is a hundred degrees Celsius. Yeah, hundred degrees. Yeah, obviously. Hundred degrees Celsius. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm laughing because that's brutal. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. wow. Yeah. So thanks BMW for ruining the mini. Uh, thanks a lot. And uh, we we won't mention the World Cup. It's a joke, absolute <laughs> joke. Sick of it. But you, you can't, you can't. Um, you, you, sh- you know, we're, we're trying to be sort of quite lighthearted, but you, you really should be careful. There's a lot of people now that are buying their own car parts. I've noticed even here, really, and, and, and trying to do their own things. And and it's just really, it's really important that if you're going to do that, I think you should speak to maybe the workshop that you use or another one in case you think that you know your current one might be a bit difficult for you to ask these kind of questions but just ask them to run you through it there there are a lot of good resources online there's 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 invariably an owners club or a forum that you could probably join for the vehicle that you drive i don't think there's any vehicle out there that wouldn't have that or an equivalent Mm. be very careful with this uh, information and take it with a a sack of salt probably but there are there are good resources out there youtube you can get yeah. videos for doing almost uh, anything now, I imagine. But, but just be careful because this, the, what what a YouTube video is, is pretty much a perfect situation. Nobody's going to put a YouTube video of them making a mistake on there. Well, and the fact that typically when you watch these videos, they've got the tools yeah. and the person who's doing the repair. So, hey, it's great. You put up a YouTube video on how to do brakes. Yeah. How many brake jobs have you done in your life? Yeah, More than exactly. 10, right? Yeah. Hundreds probably. Yeah. 
I've done none. And so I think, you know what? Hey, I'm going to, you know, I got the old Wrangler. Hey, I've got a Jack. I've gone and bought some s- supports. Pfft, yeah. I can do this. I, I sit down with my computer. I got Wi-Fi, and I'm going to watch your video and I'm going to do my breaks. Well, all of the little things you do just from a little wrist turn to get the, to get the clips in and out that are, you know, second nature, they're not going to be second nature for me. And I'm not going to be necessarily be able to do it nearly as fast. And I, would, and I might not have, oh yeah, you need, by the way, you need this one set of pliers that any mechanic's going to have, but any DIYer at home probably doesn't own. And away you go. In fact, I remember a friend years ago had a, he was a defender guy. So he had some old defenders and he was actually doing the repairs, learning how to do the repairs in his driveway. And, and one of the things he always said is, man, there's so many additional tools I have to buy that are specialized for doing things that you don't own. Yeah, Defender, you need a, you need three different <laughs> sizes hammers and uh, an adjustable spanner. But no, you're right. I mean, you've got to... It's even something as simple as... as and, you know, we, we use this as a, uh, as a... Okay, it's a bit of a... It's probably a bad example, but something as simple as changing a battery mm. isn't that simple anymore. Yeah. And, you know, everybody knows that Oh, the battery for a Tuareg is under the seat. So, which I always find weird. People would always, you know, they'll open the seat and the, and the seat is fixed into a frame and the seat fixes to the frame with four bolts. Now they're a 12 point multi-spline head that you need a a 10 millimeter size multi-spline bit for. So people look, uh, mm-hmm. take them out. Then all the plastic for the slide guides, you have to take those off, they'll break. Guarantee you that you'll break those if you've never taken them off before. But you don't actually even need to take those four out for the seat if you tilt the seat properly. There's two at the front under the carpet, under the floor mat. Okay. And then it's like literally a five-minute job to get to the seat. It's it's n- it's nothing. But if you don't know what you're doing, you end up doing too much. Then those those bolts are very fine thread. Of course they so are. So you can, you can end up cross-threading <laughs> them in. If you don't position the seat properly, and the seat runners will move. Yeah, okay. So it's very easy to do it wrong. So when you don't know what you're doing, you sometimes do the job in the wrong way, which causes more problems because it wasn't designed to be done in that way. Yeah, yeah. There are probably 10 ways to take a battery out of a Tuareg, but there's only one right way. And if you do it any of those wrong ways, you, you risk more damage. And it's the same with, with anything. And, and the last thing you want to do is damage the driver's seat. Yeah, yeah. Because then you can't use the car. Well, safely. exactly. And you know, you mean just from the fact you're describing it, you know that there are people who are driving around. We've had it. We've had it. We've had people come in and say, oh, I had one of these. We won't name them, but we've had one of these battery people come out and they've, they've, the seat's now rocking around. I can't, I can't figure out why the seat's loose every time I break. It's, it's falling forward and accelerates going back and they've cross-threaded the bolts in and not been able to tighten them up. That's not a simple repair. That's not a simple. So what do you do? What do you do in a repair? Like, are you re-thread, putting new bolts So yeah, we end up, tapping the, the holes out again and then replacing the bolts. But, you know, that that's not as simple as it looks. Yeah. It, 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 it's... Well, getting it straight, it I've, I've, ta- I've done taps before. Yeah. It's not, you know, when someone says, oh, you got to re-tap it, it's like, oh. Yeah, <laughs> exactly, yeah. And, and, you know, each hole, and there's four of them, and if they've done only one, or it doesn't, each one's taking you 15, 20 minutes yeah. to do it properly. Yeah. And you've got to get the bolts and you've got to put them back in. You've got to make sure the seat's aligned properly. Invariably, there's some kind of twist or bend on there because it's been rocking around. This hasn't just happened once. It's happened many times, but yeah. you know, people have tried to do it themselves. Well, like trying, to save a, trying to save a few fills, trying to save a few dimes. You know, the good ones, like, you know, I should ask um, 
we should ask Dr. Jenner about this. Like the people who come in with awful injuries and then try and make an, an excuse about, oh, well, you know, I was, <laughs> I was climbing up a drain pipe and I fell down and landed on my groceries and I'd just been out and bought bananas and all this. So, but we get them all the time where people will come in and say, oh, you know, um, my radio stopped working since you did the tyre balancing. I'm not entirely sure what's happened. And it's like, mm, okay. Mm-hmm. And then you figure out that they've been trying, to been, playing, been trying to play with the settings and and they've messed it up and they've flicked it over to a different kind of, um, expecting to have a different kind of software version. And this yeah. is what I was saying about being careful with YouTube videos and forums. There, there are There are people that know enough to be dangerous, but not yeah. enough to keep you safe yeah. and there are sometimes and stereos is a good example there are sometimes options on stereos to get into sort of backdoor menus so to speak and, yeah. and you can change things around but if if you select you know that there's there's a, there's an example I can give you on yeah go, go for on it. VW where you can actually access a, a green menu on really? the stereo unit and it's got all the code and programming options there wow and it will say all the list of all the options that vehicle could have. So rear camera, front camera, side camera, overhead camera, parking sensors, off-road mode, uh, AR for the sat-nav and all this sort of stuff. Just because you then select it on there <laughs> doesn't mean that automatically, like, you know, the uh, some fairies come overnight and, and when you wake up the next day, it's got all these hardware fit to the car it hasn't but if you then select those options and it and and then that means the controller is going to look for them it, if it can't find them it puts a fault and flags a permanent fault up and nothing will work <laughs> so i mean i'm laughing because it, it's a good thing that it does that yeah but it's very frustrating yeah. and then of course you've got to figure out like you said people come with oh well, it happened when you did it's like no we we there, no yeah, we didn't get granular on your my, your... my my kids were playing... I left my kids in the car and they were playing with something or I put I was putting the kids in and they, they, they touched something and now, well, no, they haven't because that's... Like, you've got to press that button for 10 seconds with this certain... <laughs> within a certain time of the ignition on. <laughs> then you've got to have the ignition off. Then you've got to select all this and scroll down. And, you know... It, <laughs> so do you, what do you do? Just smile at them and go, oh, of course, of course. Yeah, you know... Because what can you do? And you're just going... You and I both know how this happened. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's one of those situations, like I say, I'd, I'd like to speak to Jenna about it because I'm sure she gets some really, really, uh, we probably shouldn't laugh, but funny ones. And yeah. There's a lot of information out there for doing little jobs on your car that seem easy yeah. and doable. And they're not, and, and, and sometimes... Like some of the, some of the websites for, there's, there's companies like Pelican Parts. Pelican mm. Parts are quite a good one. Mm. So they'll they'll offer to sell you the parts, but they also give you the workshop manual effectively. It's their okay. own version of yeah, the yeah. workshop manual for a job. So you might say thermostat, Jeep Wrangler. And then they have like a, 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 a score for, or a rating of how difficult the job is. And they'll rate it like, you know, like you'd rate a movie five stars. You'll rate the difficulty out of it five spanners or okay. wrench, wrenches, yeah. right? So they'll say thermostat, Jeep Wrangler, and they'll probably put skill level three wrenches. So if somebody looks at that and thinks, oh, every, who doesn't think they're not every, average or everyone average? Everyone thinks. Everybody <laughs> thinks that, right? That's, that's why people believe in the Zodiac. So, you know, everybody has that, oh, it's only it's an average job. What's the worst that can happen? Yeah. 
<laughs> what's the worst? You know, I think that's the question you should be asking right now. What's the worst that can happen? And am I yeah. willing to have yeah. to eat crow or eat, you know, and, and get the re- yeah. recovery? I, I don't even, I don't even, I don't even think that, that, that any job, even changing a bulb or a battery is a, is a one wrench, one spanner difficulty now. There's so many things that can go wrong, you know. Changing. I the couldn't even figure out how to get. You know, this is this is totally embarrassing. But you know, I, I brought the vehicle. My vehicle. We'll get back to all these things. But yeah. I brought a vehicle into you to get headlights changed, which you did. And then you also noticed that the side indicator light yeah. was burnt out, which it was. It had been burnt out for years, <laughs> because a I I don't know maybe they didn't figure notice it at the last place I took it to, or b it just maybe it, it burns out quite a bit. Yeah. And c who knows how the heck you get that little bulb out. Uh, I mean, just getting the, con- you know, the, the light reflector off, yeah. I'm sure it's a pushing thing, but I couldn't, every time I tried, it wouldn't come off and I'm just going, you know what? I'm just going to leave it. Yeah. Plastic. <laughs> you don't want to break it. And, That's and all and I was thing thinking. Is you, you put your arm up from inside under the bumper and it twists out at the well, back. Of, of so course you leave it the, does. You leave the lens in the wing. <laughs> of course it does. You know, but that, that's exactly that's right. I, that's the point I think you're making. Yeah. I had no idea. And it I sounds like a simple job. The problem yeah. is there. Going out with a screwdriver. Yeah. <laughs> well, you can't see, so now I'm I'm working tactile. At least yeah. a mechanic. Well, an automatic thought is, well, it must come out from the outside. Yeah. The that's thought it, is that's that it would, right? And then you go at it with a screwdriver, you scratch your paint and broken the lens. Yeah. And, and then, then then what do you do? Yeah, you, you gotta take it to the mechanic and <laughs> yeah. goes, by the way, it comes out from the inside and yeah. here's how it does it. And yeah, it's like and it's oh. thirty seconds later it's yeah. done. Yeah. Oh so, great. You know, there's 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 a lot to be said for having a go yourself and there's nothing wrong with doing that. You know, I I, I used to I used to have fun on a Saturday afternoon with my friends working on cars on their drives and uh, yeah. at my mum's house and at my house and, and it was great, no problem. But you really need to know what you're doing. You need to have that. Well, and, and how many times when you were working on a car in the driveway of your mum's house, did you make a mistake and then, okay, well, we're going to have to fix this now over the next couple of days. And you learned doing yeah, it. Yeah. And, and Talk you know. about re-threading bolts. I, I cross-threaded a caliper bolt on my dad's car trying to change his brakes. It was a 20-minute job. And, and one of the bolts... The threads were a little bit iffy, and I thought, just put them in. Need to get it off to at least, you know, yeah. get it out of the way. Yeah, I know. Went in, cross-threaded. Then, then I've got to wait for a bolt. It's Saturday afternoon, so I ain't getting one Sunday, so I'm going to have to wait till Monday. Yeah. So then what do you do? Yeah, yeah. and Dad's looking at you going, hey, son, where's Fume. my car? Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> I need my car. Yeah, you these, can't have it. These things, um, these things happen. They happen to... to they can happen to anybody of any any skill level. I'm sure you talk to your brother who's far more experienced than I am. He's he's probably had similar situations. Oh, yeah. And and I get it in the workshop. We get it yeah. in the workshop. Things go wrong in the workshop with the right tools. Yeah. Couldn't get an oil filter out of a uh, Land Cruiser yesterday. How's that possible? Somebody over tightened it and it's oh. a plastic. Oh are, really? Yeah, so it's a plastic housing with an insert and oh. they'd over tightened it. So we've we've not. So what do you do? Well, we've not seen the vehicle before. It's done three hundred and fifty thousand kilometers. So if it's the original one, it's probably ready for changing anyway. But you've got to break it to get it out. There's no way the plastic broke before it would turn on the threads. Oh man! So you know that the, these things happen in workshops, and it's not always necessarily down to a mistake that you might make. You sometimes have issues from from other people to fix. We were dropping off a pet in Alcoz at Dubai Kennel and Cattery. Yeah. And so this is very close to AAA yeah. where, where you worked when you first came here. You've got the gauntlet. If you take a right as you're getting off on the service road, instead of a, uh, take a left instead of a right, you go down car repair gauntlet alley. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah. And exactly what you're talking about with over tightening this plastic housing. I am certain that some of those guys who are working there are top of their field on a very specific vehicle. As long as that vehicle doesn't change too much, they're great. As soon as you change that, for instance, the patrol, which that couldn't have always been a plastic housing, it must have at some point not been. Yeah. Person doesn't realize it's changed. I've always given it a good extra reef once I've I've seeded the whole thing. You're done for. And I, I was just looking at the gauntlet and they're all all the guys were sitting there under umbrellas waiting for someone to, to pull up and oil changes. I saw some guy doing who knows what uh, underneath. It looked like they had a lot of the car apart. And it was a pretty new vehicle. And I thought, man, great price. Am I going to trust my AC to this guy on this dirt yeah. thing? I thought, you know, I'm sure it's a really good price. And I, I guess if I'm in a pinch, maybe, but no. <laughs> I, I mean, the only, I, actually, I would say the only time I would be really tempted was if I was truly in the middle of nowhere and I needed to get home and I needed the, a, a quick fix to get me there if it yeah. was going to be prohibitive to have a recovery truck at that point. So I'd have to be pretty far. Yeah. But otherwise, I I was I looked at it. And I just said, looks nervous, I, you know. And then you got a whole parking lot of cars on the other side of the road, which either are things that they messed up, <laughs> or are things that are, are people have abandoned, or are things that people are waiting to get done. But I just thought, recipe for disaster. Yeah, I think if you drive a if you drive a Land Cruiser or a Patrol here, it doesn't really matter where you are. There will be some workshop. And get, you can guarantee there'll be one of those in there because they're so <laughs> yeah. sort of everywhere, ubiquitous, aren't they? Here, but if you get, you know, it, it's it's a situation you can get a feel for a place when you walk in. Is it tidy? Yeah. Is, yeah. is, is there a car with its parts strewn all over the floor somewhere? Is you know, are the are the guys um, working on the cars? Are they relatively clean, well presented? You know, is is there is there anything covering? you from any sort of damage or danger that could occur to you or your vehicle when you get in there well you know there's a there's a there's a lot you can get from a feel of a place and and, you know these places exist because people do use them i just yeah you know and we've said always 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 said if you trust somebody use them stay with well that's it and and hey maybe you found the perfect situation yeah keep using that guy and if it works for you keep using that guy but you know, be beware if you're just kind of try, if you're if you're solely guided by price. Beware, because yeah. inevitably, yeah, you're going to save a little bit here, but at some point, you're going to go there. You're going to need new head gasket, the, which is not really that hard of a job, but right. you're going to end up with a disaster or something at some point where the person says, "Well, I've always done this. I've used a little chewing gum to hold the the corner down." And yeah, oh, we, we've got a. Um uh, Mercedes uh, 190E and it's a 2.5 16 valve so it's the one with the Cosworth head on it so it was a uh, in its day in the 80s was quite a special car yeah. and they're very rare they weren't sold in North America actually they're only the 2.5 was was a European um, sort of exclusive and we've inherited it it's come from another shop uh, the customer was quite happy with it we had a we had to finish it off to quote the customer just finish off a few little bits because they they'd let him down on a few oh, little things. I'm looking it up right here. It's it's that's a sweet. I mean, that's that old kind of looking model, isn't it? Yeah, they were quite. They Does were it quite, have a wing on the back? Uh, it's not one of the. Um, <laughs> it's not one of those with the big wing. Those the uh, big Gen black. two ones. Yeah, yeah, it's not one of those. But okay. it's 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 that's. I mean, that's the, that to me that is. 
the classic Mercedes, the 190E. It's just that nice, nice yeah. size. Yeah, the Evo classic ones look. had the big wings on the back. Yeah. Pretty cool. But <laughs> they're very. I mean, now by today's standards, they're very underpowered. And yeah, but they had some quite smart uh, uh, hydraulic. Um, level control on the suspension they, they do drive quite comfortable they're, they're very small for what you'd know a Mercedes as today they're tiny yeah no no they're they're almost like an, you know when you think of when it came out that's K car yeah. time right yeah, that's, those time, that's yeah. Chrysler K car yeah, exactly. this is the Mercedes K car yeah. yeah so exactly right but you know we were just finishing it off a couple of little suspension parts here it drove in and it was rattling uh-uh. and it was definitely the top end uh-uh. um, we said okay that, that, that needs looking at. Now, the customer... That really uncomfortable route of that clack, clack, yeah, clack, The clack, customer clack, had been yeah. fed misinformation by the people previous to that, and we know this to be true now, but the, he, we suspected it at the time. They'd said, no, it just needs to run in. It's, it's all new. The top end's all new. They, they'd re-shimmed the valves, and it was all new. Um, despite having had the right technical data for shimming the valves, they'd shim them wrong and over time what does that mean so you're the changing the height okay the adjustment oh, okay. of the height on the clearance of the valve basically right. they'd over tighten them they'd done them too tight <sighs> now since then we've I, we had no choice and I, I, I stripped the took the head off it and, and the head was off within two hours it was off okay. everything was off it was it was easy to take anything like you said you could take a head off it quite easily to change a head gasket the valves hadn't had their Seats cut into the head, mm. so they weren't closing properly. There was carbon everywhere for an engine that had only done 50 kilometers. And the valves were so tight that four of the exhaust valves had bent. Now, that was a workshop with tools and technical data, Yeah, and it wasn't done properly. And that has now led to that. that the, the customers obviously pulling other work out of there and... and asking us to sort of double check it and, and what have you now. From our point of view as a workshop, you know, we'll make mistakes. We'll make a mistake and we'll make another mistake and, and that just happens. Yeah. The, the, the the problem is that we have to put in place situations and, and procedures that, that will avoid that and deal with it when it does happen. These guys have just gone in and basically rushed the thing together. Yeah. And now we're in a situation where it's terrible. It's a, it's a difficult situation to tell a customer that their well, their head needs rebuilding anyway. But to tell them fifty kilometers after having paid for it, well, that's it. They paid for it once. Now they're they're angry at these other folks. They're, yeah, and they're and angry at you. But we don't want to say, oh, it's their mistake. Yeah, we, we, that, that's not my sort of style. Like, but it is this their is mistake. What, yeah. Well, this is what's <laughs> wrong with the car, and this is what I need to do to fix it. Is is one thing, but to say. They've done this and this has happened and now yeah. and it, that's that's not how I like to operate. The, the the point is that these things happen in workshops and you have to trust who you're with and make sure that you aren't in a situation where you feel uncomfortable to challenge them. Be be confident and comfortable enough with these people to actually say to them, Okay, why are you doing that? What are you doing? Do you think that's a big problem? Like people typically aren't 
so apt to say, hey, Glenn, wh- why, what are we doing and why is it doing this? And hold on a second. They- yeah, anyone, anyone, that, anyone that knows me or has been with, with me for a while, I think, or I'd like to think would be able to ask me that question. Yeah. I try and preempt it by sending pictures and videos to them anyway. Yeah, I call that uh, repair porn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't, no, go- I- don't Google it. So we, I try and preempt that anyway and try yeah. and help make sure people feel comfortable to ask me questions. But anyone that's a new customer, like say, we, we just have to, we want people to ask us anything. Ask yeah. us any. There is no stupid question, and one of the genuinely one of the problems that we have is with the male customer. Yeah. You 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 get a. Uh, I don't know what it is about men. We assume we should know about it. We ass- we look at the TV, watching the TV, yeah. and there's a class and category of man that will be watching the TV. And unless there's a sport game on there, we'll be looking at it thinking, yeah, I could take that pot. <laughs> well, it's, I could fix that. But I, th- I think, I genuinely believe that 25, 30 years ago, when you were going to school, what, what kind of courses did you have? So North America, for sure, you're going to tell me if I'm wrong in, in Europe and in, in England. But guys, went to, they, they took shop. And, and the girls were going to take it home economics. And, yeah. and so girls were taking the cooking classes. Guys were taking, I mean, I remember my school, they had an auto shop, they had a woodworking shop, they had a metal shop, they had an electricity shop. And I, yeah, I guess we had the four shops. And we, we had a, a trained mechanic who was teaching us how to, you know, if you went down that route eventually, yep. who, you know, how to, how to do an engine rebuild. And they had all the stuff there and we had lifts. And so generally... A whole bunch of guys went through my school who have a little bit of knowledge. For me, yeah, I have a little bit of knowledge, enough knowledge to know to get a professional to do it. Mm. And but I think there's a whole group of guys, and and then and then there's just the what do you want to call it? The the uh, stereotype. Well, that men know how to fix everything. That yeah, I don't get it. I honestly, <laughs> I don't get it. My my um, my dad worked in a pit, and 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 he learned to um, bricklay. Okay. While he was there, they did. They, they taught them how to lay bricks and, and and anything sort of handy around the house. He could do it, but he never sort of pushed it on us. He mm-hmm. never said, "Oh, you know, you need to learn how to do this. Come and hold the hammer. Come yeah. and hold the screw. Come and hold the drill." He never pushed it on us. My granddad was also the same. He never pushed it on us. Both my grandparents, uh, both granddads, sorry, on, on both sides, they were the same. They never pushed it on us. I never had that, but there are a lot of men who just think. I need to be able to fix that. And yeah. and because of that, a lot of the time... Real men know how to fix things. Exactly. A lot of the time, the more sensible questions and conversations we end up having are with women yeah. about cars. Yeah, because yeah. they're genuinely... Once they feel comfortable, they're genuinely asking legitimate questions. Yeah. It's like, you know, what what's what, what, why are you changing that? Yeah. The, 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 it's almost as though, you know, if... if if somebody comes in and says, oh, well, yeah, yeah I've, I've, uh, my car's overheated. And, and, and a guy will probably be like, yeah, I noticed you've put thermostat on there. Is there any reason we can't just take that out? Or is there any, you know, whereas that's not the right answer, the right yeah. question that you've tried to answer yourself. It's, it's just not, it's ask, don't try and assume. Nobody's going to say anything about you if you don't know the answer to a question yeah, you've got yeah. to ask. You know, it's... And, I know about cars and, and you know about whatever you know about. And if I need advice, I'd come to you because you're an expert at it. Right. Don't feel ashamed that you don't know everything. Nobody can know everything. So, yeah, it's, it's all about asking asking the right question, getting the right information from the right people. And just saying to the guys when they give you a quote, why is that? 
So what what's the what's going to be the end this 190e? What's what's where is it at now? So we've got the head being faced. It was bent mm-hmm. by zero point one millimeters. So we just we can reface that out, and um, it needs four new valves. Uh, the guides are okay, so we'll just put seals, and then we'll get it rebuilt and and shimmed properly, and put it back together. It's going to take a lot of cleaning. There's a lot of carbon deposits on there because it was running so rough. Mm. Even though it was only like 50 kilometers or whatever. Yeah. But lots to do on it, but, it, but it'll go back together. And 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 this this time next week, it'll be running and, and running well. And the only problem we have is if any damage has happened that we can't get parts for being such a rare car, this is, this is the only potential sticking point that we're going to have. So they are very, very rare, and the parts for them are rare because the parts weren't, you know, they, the, the cylinder head was a Cosworth head. It was a specially made yeah. head for a partnership that they had with Mercedes on it. So mm-hmm. bit of a bit of a potential issue with parts, but we should be able to overcome that. I, I, I want to ask you a couple of questions about, uh, well, the, the big the big question of obviously that, that keeps coming up is suspensions and had a had a couple of folks talking about suspension work and bushings getting bushings changed mm. and what, what what are we talking about when someone says oh i got to get my bushings changed well suspension bush is typically talking about a rubber component that's mm. that sits between two metal components or, or more than two um designed to wear and give and break effectively so that the more expensive metal components don't break and also allows the suspension to travel more comfortably, you know, okay, if it was yeah. just bolted together with... St- anybody that thinks they could drive a drag car on a normal road would find out soon why they need suspension bushes. Yeah. Drag cars are just frames, solid, no movement, just all go. They're not comfortable. So yeah. you, you need rubber bushes on there mm. to keep your vehicle comfortable while the suspension's moving effectively. There are different grades of that. You can go with polyurethane. A lot of the problems now with suspend not problems but with suspension now a lot of them are made with aluminium so mm, that they keep mm. the weight down and the performance is is better because the weight's lower and it doesn't spring as much as steel oh okay that's the problem with aluminium is that when you press the bushes out aluminium's so soft that's a very very small amount but enough to be considerable comes out with it or can come out yeah, with that's it. That's a problem. So then when you put the new bushes back in, they're not as tight as they should be. And by the second or third time of doing that, you're going to have a bush that's going to spin round in there. So what do you do? Change the arm. But the arms are aluminium, so they're expensive. Oh, nice. So we need an arm for it. We've got an E63 <laughs> to change one of the lower arms on today. And the arm is 1,100 dirhams. <sighs> wow. Yeah. Yeah, that person's not happy. $300 just for the one arm. Yeah. That person is not happy. Yeah, so point. you can imagine and, what and they w- said when I said best practice is to change both sides. Well, yeah, you and, <laughs> and I know that they're they're going, but do I really need to? It's like, yeah. yes. <laughs> it's like I'm sorry, right and left have to be changed. It, it, it's it's like tire. It's it's it. You know, you get a flat tire. Oh, I just blew up my right my right front tire. I'm gonna have to get a new one. Well, you also need to put one on the left yeah, side. Best practice. And yeah. no one wants to do that. And I mean, I'm the last guy because I'm going. So I'm gonna I'm paying double for something that's not broken, and that one might last forever. And yeah, st- yeah but it's it might not. And now they're gonna have different this and that. Yeah. And the other thing is like, oh man, yeah, they can't yeah. be happy. No, it's it's not great. But uh, we have to 
we have to accept that, you know, with with suspension, the immediate issues with suspension tend to be, as from a driver's perspective, just a noise. Mm. Mm. Not many people will say it doesn't feel right going around the corners, although there are some. It's normally you'll get a knock, a creak, a squeak or something. Yeah. What that actually is a sign of is obviously something moving too far. And when things move too far in the suspension, the knock-on effects of that are uneven tyre wear, which is a massive issue, and uneven brake wear. Mm. So then all of a sudden, you've got more load on one side than the other, so the brakes wear quicker on the other side. And you end up needing brakes and tyres just because you didn't fix the suspension. Sometimes the bush could cost you 100 dirhams to get replaced. Sometimes you end up buying an arm for a thousand dirhams plus. There's not much you can do, unfortunately, and and that's the kind of questions that people should be asking when they when they're bringing cars to us before well, they buy them. And what the labor is like? What how yeah. how long is it going to be in there? Yeah, well, I mean, fortunately for the E63, it's only going to take an hour to change, but, but still, not always the case. Yeah, and and how much downtime as you wait to get the part? At least I would imagine that part's available, but still, yeah, the part's available. We'll get it this evening. But uh, so that's two days, know. but you know, it got brought in. So you got one day it's down tomorrow. You're going to fix it. They're going to pick it. So that's two days that the person's yeah. without their love and joy. Yeah. Yeah. Not, not happy. No. And you're not taking any risks on an E63. No. That's a big engine. Well, and the other thing with the bushings that, that always becomes an issue is, yeah, you can let it, let it go and then you could get tire wear. Yeah, exactly right. So you so now you won't, now you need a set of tires too. You, you don't change the suspension bush. You end up needing tires and brakes yeah, nice. within six to 12 months. Now that doesn't mean that we don't get vehicles in for service and say, there's a couple of warm bushes. We'll keep an eye on them because we do that all the time Mm. because it's, Oh, you did that for my vehicle. We do that all the time. So now, now Colin's fleet, we will fix it. Colin and Dan's fleet over there. They have to have the vehicles on the road. So they will say, look, if they won't go to the next service in 15,000 kilometers, then we need to change it now. So sometimes we're doing stuff maybe 10,000 kilometers too soon, or mm. not too soon, but earlier yeah. than we perhaps could have. But that's that's a matter of keeping the vehicles on the road safe so that they can earn money. When it's down to an individual's vehicle, there's nothing wrong with us saying, well, the bushes are okay for now. Let's check it in between now and the next service. Yeah. Let's not go the full 10,000. Let's do 5,000, come in half an hour, let's check. Yeah. That's, that's, that's fine. And, and the benefit of that is you might see something else while it's there. Mm might be there to check the bushes but you're actually going to say oh you know what this back tire's got a puncture in it yeah you know or, or <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and and from a customer's point of view that's keeping them safe and from a business point of view it's keeping your customer happy that you're providing them the right service and they'll keep coming back yeah, yeah, so absolutely it's it's funny we've you know we i, I definitely want to talk about the the glm grant i don't know if we're going to talk about it today uh we want to talk about the volkswagen golf gti both vehicles you've had a chance to sit in take a little uh you know crash you know crack the the old knuckle on the the dash to to get a feel for it you've driven them around a little bit we we definitely want to review those vehicles maybe we won't do it today <laughs> yeah i mean there's not much to say about the geely that that you know you can't say anything bad about it. The GTI, the the the, the one that I sent the GTI, that was a club sport, oh, and uh, the, yeah, was uh, well. Look, hey, the 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 Geely M Grand X Seven, what a long name, Chinese vehicle, comes in at around sixty nine thousand dirhams. You, the one thing you said that I've heard from everyone who's driven that vehicle in the summer, you said exactly the same thing, and it was unprompted. Because you just sent me a WhatsApp, you were doing a WhatsApp review, and you said coldest AC I've ever yeah, had on a ever. car. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Goodbye, 
sort of one trophy from Toyota's trophy cabinet because yeah. that's whoa, really, really good AC. And it, you know, it, it, look, it, there's it, a lot to be said for cheap plastic dash. Oh man, <laughs> I mean, it, it, it is get as hot. It is that, it, and, and the other side of it is this is a pl- pretty plasticky inside. There's yeah. no question about it. I mean, you're getting what you're paying for. Yeah. But I thought the interesting comment you had about the the Geely Emigrant X7, and I keep saying the name long because <laughs> sorry, you forgot the sport. It was a sport. Oh, version oh, oh the sorry, <laughs> the, the Geely Emigrant X7 Sport, and I think That's they only sell the X7 Sports here mm-hmm. in the UAE. But the, the big thing is that is such an affordable car. I know. I mean, like the price point. I mean, I looked up at, on, I, I, I didn't even go to the, the Geely place, but you're looking between 62 and I think 69 is the sport, 69,000 dirhams. And from the outside, not a bad looking car. Not no, that bad at all, It's really. kind of that. Yeah, the it, lights are pretty good on it. Yeah. And uh, it's, it, got, it's got all the tech you need inside. Yeah. And it, I can't say anything. It, it's cheap inside well, you, you you feel the price you're paying for it inside but the seats were relatively comfortable and they were see, to me, i can i can take a cheap feeling car as long as the seat and this is the weirdest thing but when i get in and the seats are also cheap and uncomfortable yeah. and i i had that with a renault product and i'm not going to say which one it is and sorry renault but it was your cheapest car that you had out there at the time <laughs> and i got in and it was plastic yeah, i knew what i was getting but the seats were just uncomfortable yeah. and i kind of went Okay, I know I'm driving an inexpensive car, but you don't have to just rub it in my butt. Yeah, let me you drive know? it at so, least. Yeah. yeah. And so so that that's always for me a really big one. And hey, you know what you're getting when you get into it? And that's I think that's with Geely, but you also said something else that I I really thought was interesting and you said given how long Geely has been in the, these markets mm. and generally speaking now look in China, I don't know how long Geely's been around and I should look up that date so I haven't done my homework right now. But when you think of the entry of Kia and Hyundai to the markets, when, you know, we're looking at 25, 30 years ago that yeah. they started coming out of the Western market. They, you know, I, I'm thinking of the Hyundai Pony, which yeah. was, you know, that, that thing lasted forever and it was a pretty basic vehicle. You, wow. your, your thought on the Geely Emigrant X7 Sport, that's quite a tongue twister. <laughs> your, your thought were you, you felt that it was a step ahead of some of those entry level. Yeah, I think if you put the brands. Hyundai, if you, if you think of the first Hyundai, I automatically always think of the old uh, Tucson. Okay, yeah. I sure, always see, sure. and it's always like the gray green, yeah, yeah, olive drab color. And I think, well, look at that. That is not, it wasn't a great, they were relatively reliable. Yeah. They always have been, but that was but an awful looking car. It terrible, really. Awful. There was a lot of them out there though, because the price point, people were just going, yeah, I need exactly, a car. Yeah, but it looked like somebody had, you know, come back from a hunting trip and thrown the stuff, the clothes on the floor and thought, oh, that's a good idea to design a car like a pile of camo. <laughs> it's just awful. So if you take that as an entrance for those guys and look where they are now, I mean, who wouldn't have a Hyundai and Kia now? Because I'm not, I definitely would. Yeah. Well, you know, the Chinese guys are from Geely here that we're talking about. And there's, there's uh, SAIC, you've got MG and there's, there's uh, JMC. There's all sorts of the Chinese brands out here now. They're way further ahead than that at their entrance point. So where are they going to be in five, 10 years time? Well, I'm just looking at, at what this car comes standard. So the, the M Grand 7 Sport offers a, a two liter engine. It has chrome-plated radiator grill, chrome-plated radiator, chrome-plated. It's plastic. Yeah, it's chrome-plated though. <laughs> uh, cargo area light, 12-volt socket, 
ABS anti-locking brakes and they, you know, five seater. They typically get in five years warranty now as well. That that this one didn't have the warranty yeah. was finished, but after three, but they're giving five years warranty so away with them. They're even selling them cheaper without warranty. Wow. So there's not much bad to say. It it's very cheap in interior, like dashboard and doors and stuff. I mean, f- from fifty nine ninety five. Uh, so top of the line, the absolute top of the line. You're you're heading in maybe seventy nine thousand dirhams if you're getting every last possible thing. But the average market price for a Geely M Grand X7 Sport in the UAE is 61,375 dirhams. There we go. And it, you're, you're in the same competitors are the, the Tigo 7, the MG X5, again, you know, and then other Chinese competitors. But man, alive, that, like, this, is, this is a decent, decent range, you know, entry level, get you in, get you a five-seater, get you something you can drive around in, something you can afford, and away you go. Yeah, I'd certainly, uh, I'd certainly like to let's say live with one for a yeah. couple of weeks and see how you get on with it. But yeah. as I say, I can't really say anything bad about the car yeah. apart from what you expect when you pay that much for a car. So then, then you jump into a much higher price bracket with the GTI. But yeah, it was a club sport. It was a 2018. But that is, you know, even right now when you look at, I mean, I'm just looking at uh, the the site and so a little pause there as i'm uh, we're, we just are taking it all in <laughs> i'm just, taking it just all drinking in. it all in just <laughs> drinking that front bumper in but i love i love the the two things that they've done on their site and and you know what you want to know one of one of the things that from the front bumper and the lights but you want to know what, what what i really love about the gti it's the plaid seats on the cloth ones if you get yeah, the yeah. classy yeah i mean Old school, keeping it original. That's where it was. I love the plaid seats. It's just, yeah. but I love the when you're looking up and, and I'm looking at at uh, vw.com, okay. and you go to their gallery and you get to the top. What do they say when you're looking at the GTI? Big bold black letters, all go, all go, all show. And it's yeah. like you know this thing goes, and it it's got the look. And this is exactly what you said as you got in and as you were you know uh, fun to drive. It's, and again, fun to drive has never felt so powerful. And I think this for me, I mean, I look, I mean, I, I was a golf owner, right? So I, mm. I've owned uh, a couple of golfs back in, back in the day, but both cabriolets, both convertible because, you know, and, and I know folks would say, oh, men don't drive Volkswagen cabriolets. Say, so, you know what? I did. <laughs> and, and, yeah. and I didn't care as, as yeah. everyone knows from the way I dress and the way I like, cause I don't give a damn. And but I look at the Golf GTI now, and I've always aspired to own a Golf GTI. I don't know why, but I'm looking at at them now. They're they're much bigger than they ever were, and the options now. That as you said, you you've got a family. You, you, when you were describing it, you get in. They got the ISO seat. You can so, genuinely get five people in there. You can get yeah. plenty of luggage in the back. There, there's every single thing in that car is there to like. Yeah. The only thing that is, it is a club sport. Now you can put it in comfort mode. There's different driving modes. Mm. You can put it in comfort mode, and it's relatively comfortable, but it's not as comfortable as a GTI. Right. But but it's a fantastic car. I think one of the well, things you were tapping I on the dash, and you were saying everything's solid here. Everything is soft touch material. Yeah. It's well made. It's available as a 
Yeah, it's just it's just a it's one of those things where, like we say, I, there's not much bad I could say about that Geely we've talked about, mm. but there's no reason in my mind that every car can't be like this. Yeah, that car was made for a purpose, and that's why it's so good. It was made to handle and go amazing round corners. Yeah, and straight line speed, all the tech you could ever dream of, and stuff that's happening under underneath that you will never even fathom as a technician or a, a lay person. So every car could be like that. If if every car was designed for a purpose, it'd be great. I mean, I don't know. I've got absolutely no idea why there's a BMW X4 now. I've got no idea. I've got no, I've got no idea why there is a <laughs> an Audi Q2. I've got no idea. But they're there and it's just yeah. one of those things of this was designed for a purpose and it does everything it was designed to do. And you could drive that comfortably around the city. You'll get 40 miles to a gallon if you're driving it around town on a combined run. The performance is I mean, I, exceptional. I think I, I had the phone clipped in and tried to video the 0-60. I mean, it was great. It's, it, everything on it was, was perfect. I'm just looking at, at the staff. I'm looking at people's reviews and everything is, you know, there's a couple that uh, a little bit under five star. So, you know, four and a bit stars is where it comes in. Most of most people, everyone can find something they don't like. Yeah, of course. Yeah. But it is a solid. Everyone's saying, and I, I love the tag right here uh, with more power and revised chassis settings. The club sport is both the fastest and most engaging golf GTI to date. And this is looking at the, the one that you're looking at. So I'm looking at an older review. And they're saying this is just a great vehicle with the EA triple eight unit, you know, the familiar two liter turbo. That engine, two liter turbo, right? Two liter engine. And in the club sport in Europe, I think they're detuned a little here, but they're 306 horsepower. I mean, that's crazy. You know, we've got a a six and a half liter Transam in a minute that's got 180 horsepower in it, (laughs) thanks to the California regulations (laughs) that it's been choked by. So, you know, we've come a long way in the last 40 years. I just think every car could be like that. There's absolutely no reason not to, and, and people would pay that money for a car if it was the car they wanted. There's yeah. a lot of people have to, you know, they, they, they people do have to. We can't all have a Telluride on the drive for the family and a Stinger for the weekend. People do have to compromise sometimes, but I, I just think that car makes so much sense. It, it's so practical. It's not overly uncomfortable, especially in comfort mode, and if you want to go out and have fun with it, you can a lot of fun with it. I mean, you know, when you look at what's what's the competitors in here, the Honda Civic Type R, you're not getting that here. And the Ford Focus RS, you know, those are are the two that... that yeah, it's right up there with those two, yeah. And the RS offers a few different things, uh, you know, a little bit more power in the... Uh, so the, the Club Sport offers more power and uh, four-wheel drive system too, if you want it. Yeah, I mean, the, then, you know, the, the other thing with... It's 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 just a well-made car. That there's a yeah. there's a difference between there is a difference between a, a, a Volkswagen and a and a Ford. Yeah, but they're they're both cars with a lot of heritage, especially the RS brand uh, and the GTI brand. They go a long way back for both both manufacturers. I just think that again, the, the RS. If you if you if you like that car, and I haven't driven it, but if it's a good car, it was made for the purpose. It was yeah. being and 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 I think. There's no reason they all shouldn't be like that. There's the Renaults. They they chuck the Renault Megane Sport now out here. I've seen a few of those. They're the bright yellow ones that are flying around. 
they're probably in that category. But you know, I just I just like a car that's made and engineered for a, for a job rather than well, we need to fit four people in mm. it and we need to fit a golf clubs in the back and we need to fit this and there needs to be space for this and we need nineteen thousand USB ports and four hundred cup holders and all this nonsense. Um, just make a car, just just build a car and, and have a vision and stick yeah. to it. Well, it's, and so I, I've actually probably misread this. I think the Ford Focus, is, as it says, is a match for the club sport on price. It offers significantly more power and a four-wheel drive system. So you get, a, you know, yeah. again. To get the four-wheel drive on the Golf, you'd have to have the R. Yeah. And yeah. and so then, the, you know, that that comes down to, do I want to own, own the Ford Focus RS? I don't know. And then, of course, there, there's even more focused club sport S. It's the fastest hot hatch around the Nuremberg uh, Nuremberg Ring tops the Golf R's power output yeah. weighs significantly less than the regular GTI by 30 kilograms yeah. and has a less restrictive EPS system and uh, EAS running up uh, Evos. So, uh, boom. I mean, yeah, this Sabine is Schmidt, the, I think she's a German race driver, she drove it around the Nuremberg Ring. I think it was on top gear, maybe. Yeah. And... She set a record in it, yeah. <laughs> so there you go. It's like, it's, it, and I always say this to a lot of folks, is, yeah, you can have a lot of power, and that's going to get you good off the, off the track. It's going to get you good off the light. If you don't have the ability to drive something, it doesn't matter how much power that, you have. That electronic, <laughs> that electronic diff on that, um, on that GTI, on the, on the Golf 7 GTI onwards, and it, it's on the same, the, yeah. the, the club spot. That'll turn anyone into a pro. So I think you do. I mean that that electronic diff in that car is phenomenal. The the way that car drives is really really smart. Well, it's funny because you know we we take a lot of a lot of things for granted, and we we I think as as car owners and car, car buyers we settle for a lot of things. Well, this will work the price, and we read the ads and we see things and we yeah. hear things, and you and I talk about it. But then you get into a car that is going to cost you a little bit more. Vehicle yeah. is going to cost you a little bit more, but it is just made so much better. So this is a, here's a, here's a good one. A friend friend went out and bought one of the new uh, Kias, mm. and uh, what was the, what Kia did he buy? It's the it's one of their newest ones out on the on the block. Uh, it'll come to me in a second. But as I'm I'm looking at uh, as I'm looking at some of the vehicles that are being advertised right now, and I'm I'm kind of. I'm kind of looking at this and I'm going, okay, I mean, I, hey, don't get me wrong. I like Kia cars. I like Kia SUVs. So I've, I've got no issues with that. But it was funny because I, as I was looking at what he bought, I was kind of like, well, is, you know, what, what were the other options? And I'm, I'm just looking to see. It's not a Kia Soul. Uh, it's not a Kia... Karen's. It's not an Optima, not a Sportage, not a Sorento. Cadenza, maybe? No. Carnival? <laughs> no. I don't even see it in... Uh, I don't even see it here, actually. It's the little seven-seater SUV that's come out, the new one. Oh, Kia... Uh, it starts with an S, I think. Kia... Something. Sorento? Sorento. Kia twenty twenty. Let me just so here's live live podcasting. Yeah. Right? We're typing it in <laughs> to, to see what, what, what not the Telluride, not the Soul. Man, come on. Where can I see? Just show me all your. I think cars. the Sorento was the big one. Yeah, the, the seven. The, so the it's big, not that the one up from the Sportage was the Sorento. So I, I I'm just looking. Come on, people, show me all your cars. 
Show me your fleet. Let's see the Kia fleet. Maybe it'll show show me what's there. Uh, no, it's not showing me anything. Well, that's terrible. Anyway, <laughs> it's, it's like, yeah, yeah, James, you really screwed that one up. The 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 whole point of the the thing was as, as I was looking at this idea of hey, you could get this great Kia, Kia, it's new, and why wouldn't you get it? Mm. And I agree, why wouldn't you? It's, it's a great car. Then as I'm driving down Shakeside Road, what am I seeing? Volkswagen, and I again, I'm a little partial to Volkswagens, but you can get a. You could, they, they had the Touareg and the, is the Touareg the smaller one? Yeah, and the Tiguan. The okay. Tiguan's uh, the smaller so one. So the Tiguan is starting at 69 something. Yeah. And I'm going, and so I, I actually look over at my wife and I say, I wonder why they wouldn't have gone and taken a look at the Tiguan just because of quality of build, what it is, et cetera. Yeah, so so we, we sort of talk about it the opposite way around where people assume that, you know, they, they, they have the sort of. The Im- issue with the brand image of the badge. So oh, it's think it's the Seltos, the Kia Seltos. Seltos think, yeah. By the way, yeah. Okay, so so you know people think, oh, I, d- I don't want to go and buy a, a Kia because I don't like the brand image that it has, yeah. and I don't want it on the driveway. But it works the opposite way around, where people think, oh, I don't want to go and buy a VW because they're expensive. Well, and that was the first thing they said. First thing that came to mind. So you know, of course. You start saying, well, what would be the reason? The, the badge, German vehicle, mm, and then they say, well, what, which one's going to cost more to repair? Yeah. Now, we both know, and you've, you've even talked, what the Geely cost, what, what did you say it cost under 500 dirhams to get yeah, for a service? A full, yeah. I mean, it, you are going to have more um, maintenance costs with a, with a, the more premium the car is. Yeah. Because they'll they'll command a higher price. It's, it's just the way, it's just the way it is. And, and, and that, that's, that is a fair yeah. criteria to use when you buy a car. So I, I, I think it fits in with what everyone does. But still, I kind of looked at it and went, but it's Tiguan. Yeah, those Tiguans <laughs> are really, really good. Yeah. And, you know, you kind of drive up, it's, it's, it's a Tiguan. And they're huge now compared yeah. to the first gen in like 2008, which were really relatively small. The new ones are really big. Yeah. And so I, I just nice couldn't cars. get over the price. I thought, wow, that's for a nice yeah. piece of German engineering that's a, yeah. a logical upgrade to the... You know the Touareg, and yeah. then and then there's that that one that's even larger now. Terramont. I love yeah. that vehicle. I just yeah, I don't like it. Too, don't like it's it. too American. Really, I love the it's, look of it. See, I guess I'm North American, right? Yeah, so. it's too much of a truck. Totally appeals to me. I look at it, yeah. and, that's, and that's all I want to do is get one. And that's obviously, really, I think what they target. That it's called the Atlas in the US, and yeah. it was built. It's all they're built in America as well. I guess so. See, I, I am the, I am I've been you know sort of conditioned. Yeah, and it's the same with the minivan. They do a minivan called the Rutan. I don't know if they oh, still do it. You know what I saw this weekend? And I, I got to say, and I, I said to my wife, I actually pulled her over to it. And she goes, what are you doing? I was like, come on, you got to check this out. Volkswagen Caddy. Yeah. Configured for family driving. Love it. And it was, and, the, and I saw, so what it was, it was, it was a, a group of guys who were, worked for a company. I guess they do diving. Yeah. And they were using it as their everyday drive. Yeah. And it, it was a, a five-seater, well, yeah. five, seven-seater, yeah. two in the front, three in the middle, two in the back. And I'm just looking at this going, you know, yeah. when we had our boys here, if I was out to yeah. get a vehicle and they had those at the time and configured like that and I could have bought one, that is yeah, the vehicle. Kind of, you don't see many of them with the passengers in the back. No. But there are a few out there. We used to have a customer come in with one that uh, she had a uh, disabled child. There you and, go. And uh, so they had the modification to get the wheelchair in the back. And... And it was great, really, really good, based on the golf, so they drive really well. 
I think they're just undersold because yeah. what a family. They're quite vehicle. popular back in the UK. A lot mm. of people have the Caddy in the UK. Caddy and Transit are sort of the popular ones, yeah. yeah there we go. So what, what didn't we get to today? <laughs> Most oh, everything. No, no, we got to lots of stuff. I'm looking at this. We talked about the golf. We talked about the Geely. We talked about this. Uh, we talked about bushing. We covered everything. You know, the only thing we didn't talk about is the new... Tr- uh, well, we didn't talk Broncos. We'll talk about that next time. Mm. And I, I know I'm kind of... Mm. But here's a good one is the Chevy Trailblazer. They've got the new small SUV. And I, I, and I remember the Trailblazer and the Jimmy. I like the old Blazers. Me yeah. too. And the new one, I was looking at it, and I saw the new photos of the new Trailblazer. And I'm looking at them and going, hold on a second. Is that a Chevy or is that a Renault Captur? Yeah. It does <laughs> look a bit like that. It looks a bit like the Nissan Kicks as well. Yeah. yeah and I'm thinking, oh. I know. I know. You, I mean, I, I kind of thought that with the Bronco yesterday, but at least that kind of, that that suffered from its own anticipation that it created for itself. But this hundred dollars you can put an order in. You can get your, yeah. your name on the list. Thank you. hundred bucks. No, thanks. <laughs> My, a friend of mine just had his 500 dirham deposit returned because he can't get his Model 3. Oh, no. It's been put off now for nine months. That's been on order, and they've been told now it might not even be until November. Oh, no. So uh, I don't, I don't want, but that just looks like a kicks. Doesn't it does. It, it does. I, I just looking at it going, what have they done? It's not a Jimmy, you know? And, and, and I thought maybe the mindset, you know, they got the new Bronco that, that shares some of that look of the old Bronco. I love the, the way the new they, Bronco looks like an FJ cruiser <laughs> and a Jeep Wrangler. They've gone away for a romantic weekend somewhere and forgotten the protection because that's what spat out of it. <laughs> well, did you, and you see what Jeep's done. Jeep has come out with a, the, the folks over at, in, in the land of the Jeep have come out with, they're going to put a, a V8 into the Jeep. Yeah, put the SRT, that's 6.4. Yeah. It'd be much better if they put the 6.1 in because that's a far better engine. So I'm, and you know, and it it's, it, it works, the space fits. I, I, I read that they wanted to put even the larger engine in, but they have trouble with cooling and they're not sure how to cool it. <laughs> yeah, you see, that's one thing you can say about the Wrangler. They always have had that issue with cooling. Yeah. We used to fit extra coolers for their transmissions all the time. On well, those. I think mine here... Yours, I think yours has of, got it. Both of mine, mm. and I remember my first one that I owned didn't have that in, mm. and it got recalled mm. by the dealer about a year in. They yeah. said, yeah, we got to put it yeah, in the cooler. Yeah, we used to fit them all the time. Yeah. yeah, and so this is the big challenge is, is keeping... And, and man, i got to say, my, my vehicle does run hot, so I'm Well, not, the thing about the Jeep is it's maintained, it's, they've maintained the kind of maintain the look of it at the front now because you've got all headlights and a bit of a straight grill there's not it's not great for airflow those angles are not great for airflow so they're always going to have that cooling issue whenever they keep that body line but i'm all for it i think stick to what you do and and like we said before design a car for a purpose and make it make it your own i i, I totally agree with that not sure on the bronco but i did like the old one so maybe it'll grow on me yeah, there we go. I'm getting lots of messages from the rest of our Podaholics podcasters, and I think you got to go. <laughs> yeah, I've got so, loads of messages too. Yeah, we're both we're both sitting here looking at messages. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I like like we're saying with the Bronco. I I mean, I, I there's things about it I really like, but it's it's kind of like they've done to the FJ Cruiser what should have been done to the cru- FJ Cruiser. Yeah, and it would we'll, probably still be alive now yeah. if, if they had done that. Yeah. So we'll see we'll see where it goes, and mm. we'll see if it. The one thing that I'm excited about the Bronco is it's got new tech in it. It's totally up to date, and not that not that they haven't done that to the Jeep, they have. But they're they're constantly kind of refining and building on this thing that truly is 
in the past has not been the most comfortable vehicle in the world. So yeah, you know, we'll see what we'll see where it all goes. But the Jeep guys are also playing around. So it's, it's interesting that people are actually making new models of cars now with the whole <laughs> everything else that's going on. So you know, it's something else to talk about. So that's cool. I'm, I'm just reading a message from Dr. Jenna. Oh dear. Yeah, I know. No, she she's lost the plot. So she's <laughs> so first she's saying she's got to come early. Then this and sorry. Oh, then she realizes. Oh no, no, it's 11:30 tonight. I'm okay. <laughs> <laughs> she was coming early because she thought it was earlier than it is. Yeah, I don't know. So anyway, hey, you know what? This has been fantastic. It's it's really nice to 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 be doing this face to face again. So yeah. Been a long time. It has been a very long time. And and actually, I want to let people know if they've got automotive questions that they want to get to us, podholics with a K at gmail.com yep. is how you can do that. Anything, you know, from from large to small, no question isn't a great question. And that's what we try to do here on this podcast. And invariably, if we try and answer it, we'll end up digressing on something else anyway. So yeah, all I, questions I, welcome. Ask anything. Ask about Ozarks. <laughs> Whatever you're watching on Netflix. Um, what are you watching on Netflix? Yeah, Ozark at the minute. Yeah. Oh, man, I love Finished the second series oh, tonight. Oh, okay, hold on. Have you watched The Following? No. My friend. Kevin Bacon's in this. Okay. He's in everything. This, so I started watching it, and it's, it's you know, my son said, so is it kind of like True Detective? And, and I, you know, I don't know how many, it's got like four seasons apparently. And so I, you know, we hit the first season and I'm, I'm going, no, it's, it's kind of like true detective, but not as, as mentally messed up until I got to about episode eight. And now yeah, I'm writing and going, now I'm going, yeah, you know what? It is like different arty feel. There's not the arty feel, but just so freaking messed up. The following, yeah. Yeah, oh, the following. Something messed up, that's good. And it, it it's so messed up. And so plausible that you're, that you're going, this can't be really happening. Mm. And oh. yeah, so it's, it's, and the other one I'm watching where I'm, I'm trying to get, uh, trying to get into the heads of all of the folks I know from England is The Last Kingdom. No, I've not watched that either. Yeah, it's worth watching. Right, Bas- basically 600 AD, okay. 650, you got the Saxons and you got the, 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 the Danes. And it's basically just, you know, the Danes and the Saxons killing each other. Awesome. And, uh, cool. <laughs> and you're understanding because it, 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 it it's, it's kind of cool because I, I don't think there's any historical basis to what this show is about. But it'll say, oh, we're in such and such a place. And it'll have the name that it was in, you know, 680. Okay. Yeah. And then they do this kind of nice little, and it shows the name of what it would be called today. Okay. And it's kind of like, the first thing I'm just looking at, I'm just going. This is a brutal place to live. <laughs> it's like, yeah. it's like, <laughs> and yeah. and they basically use one word quite a bit: humping. Oh, okay. Yeah, <laughs> that's like, good. What are you doing? Drinking and humping? Yeah, it's like good. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, if sounds you sounds like to, England. <laughs> well, it says not much has changed. Yeah, <laughs> sounds like the place I left. <laughs> there, there was one whole scene where the guys just. Basically, humping his drink. He was having the drink, and, <laughs> and the guy goes, "Yeah, it's been watered down." Except, there you go. <laughs> but yeah, so back to why we're talking about this is, you know, we talk cars, but if you want to talk about anything, anything you can do, anything marital problems, probably avoid that one. I'm not anything sensible. I could probably help you with there. But I can, anything I, else? No, no, no. Here's the way, and and women give this to your men. The woman is always right. It's like, ah, okay, don't, don't bother arguing with your wife. It'll it'll get you someday. Don't. You'll never win. So just yeah. just admit it from the start. She's she's right. 
Yeah, I think I've never yeah. had an argument with my wife. I just get yeah. shouted at. Yeah, there's no need to argue. Why does that make you think? Yeah. <laughs> As I said, don't ask me for marital yeah. advice. Yeah, my, my wife will say, what do you think of this? I say, well, what do you want? <laughs> it's like, that's always a trick question, right? It's like, what do you think of this? It's like, I, I said the other day, my wife asked me something. I said, are you asking me or are you telling me? Yeah. Because it, it sounded like a tell, but framed as an ask. And uh, yeah. and she looked at me and said, what do you mean? I said, well, I, I said look, I, I don't really care. It like, doesn't matter to me. So it's... <sighs> Well, I, no, I said, I, I'm, I'm good either way. But I said, so are you directing me that you want this or are you really asking me? Which then, of course, you can't win that. No, no. What do you mean? Yeah. <laughs> so, so any questions, just don't ask us for advice on yeah. keeping a happy home. Yeah. Say, you know, well, you should ask Jenna those. Jenna, yeah. Definitely oh, get, you Jenna. want to know what we're talking about today with Jenna? Get a load of this one. We're talking vasectomies and circumcisions. You're going glad you're not involved in that, huh? Yeah, yeah. yeah I'm going to go and I'm so just going to go and uh, scold my hand on the stupid yeah. mini oh. train plug instead. Yeah, film it, film it. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, Podaholics with a K at gmail.com. Send through your questions. Glenn Power from PowerWorks joins us as he does for PowerWorks the podcast. Find us across all the socials, Podholics with a K. And of course, how are you listening to us? Give us a rating. Send us a comment. Everything matters. We want to hear from you. We'll be doing it all again really soon. www.podaholics.com for this and hundreds of more podcasts to entertain, educate, and inform. That's what we do on Podaholics. My name is James Pikeway. Glenn Power has been here. We're going to do it all again really soon. So long for now.